Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to, to be here this afternoon to present UNESCO's initiatives in the field of culture and development on behalf of the Assistant Director General Francesco Banderin, who asked me to apologize for not being here personally. As you may know, he's been in Cambodia the past 10 days, taking part in the work of the World Heritage Committee. He landed in Paris just before lunchtime, but unfortunately he wasn't able to, to get here. He's with you in spirit. When the Director General took office in 2009, she expressed her intention to rekindle the debate on the close links between culture and development and to make every effort to revitalize UNESCO's leadership in this area, striving to integrate culture in the United Nations development agenda. The two quotes here on the screen from two key UN reference documents expressing the international communities acknowledgement of the importance of culture, one from the uh, Rio Plus 20 conference held last summer, and another from the report on the UN task team on the likely shape of the UN uh, development agenda, also published last summer, give an idea of the ground covered in recent years in the pursuit of the DG's objectives. Um, you see, we acknowledge the natural and cultural diversity of the world, and recognize that all cultures and civilizations can contribute to sustainable development. And then from the, the task team report, the notion that communities and individuals must be able to create and practice their own culture and enjoy that of others free from fear. These are very fundamental principles for us. This recognition that you see in the two quotes is, is very encouraging. We've achieved a lot of progress globally within the UN system, but also, and more significantly, and I'll talk about this later, at the country level, where perhaps it counts most. But there's still a lot of work to be done to fully and systematically integrate culture in development, to have it recognized as a fundamental aspect of development at a time when the new framework is being shaped. So in my presentation today, I will give you an overview of, of UNESCO's position on culture and development, the achievements we've made so far, and a little bit of um, foresight looking at future initiatives. I think it will take about 20 minutes. I apologize if, if that's too long. I'll go as fast as I can. In 2000, when the international community adopted the eight millennium development goals, no mention was made of culture. Although references appeared in outcome documents adopted by the UN General Assembly, recognizing its importance for dialogue and peace, the role played by culture in achieving sustainable development was unfortunately not acknowledged. One reason for this apparent oversight may be that culture is so intricately interwoven with and rooted in every aspect of economic, political, social and environmental activity that it's difficult to single it out and to measure its influence with precision. As the DG says, culture is everywhere. It is what makes us who we are, and it defines how we relate to the world, but it can't easily be quantified. But UNESCO, as I said, is convinced that culture both enables and drives development, and that to be most effective, development approaches need to be adapted to local contexts. In short, there's no one size that fits all. Culture is a source of wealth. 
It's a source of revenues. It creates jobs in the creative industries and through cultural tourism. And the creative industries in particular enjoy double-digit growth rates in many regions of the world, Africa, Latin America, and Asia, for example. But culture is also another form of wealth. It's a renewable source of creativity and innovation, and as such repre represents one of humanity's most precious resources. So UNESCO has embarked on a coordinated strategy to promote this vision. We've been moving on two levels the international institutional policy level, and of course at country level, where we can see the positive impact of culture on the everyday lives of people and communities. But maybe I could take a, a couple of minutes to look first at the past to, to set the context for what we're doing now. Because culture and development isn't a new concept for UNESCO. We've been working over the past 30 years to demonstrate the importance of culture for societies and their socio-economic development. For example, in 1982, the World Conference on Cultural Polities in Mexico, known as Mondiacult, broadened the conception of, of culture, whereas before it had been limited to fine arts and literature, the definition of culture was enlarged by the conference to include, and I quote, the whole complex of distinctive spiritual, material, intellectual, and emotional features that characterize a society or social group, including modes of life, the fundamental rights of the human being, value systems, traditions, and beliefs. Another landmark was reached the, in, in 1988 when UNESCO launched the World Decade of Culture and Development. This advocated for the contribution of culture to national and international development policies. And a key outcome of the decade was the 1996, 1996 Paris de Cuellar Commission, whose report, Our Creative Diversity, advanced the view that development embraces not only access to goods and services, but also the opportunities given to people everywhere to choose a satisfying and valued life. This work, uh, in turn, provided the essential fuel for the action plan endorsed by the 1998 Stockholm Conference on Cultural Policies for Development, which established a new go uh, global cultural policy agenda through international cooperation and national policy initiatives. And in particular, this conference recognized civil society as, a key, as key actors for implementing the agenda. And then all of this crystallized through the 2001 UNESCO Universal Declaration on Cultural Diversity that recognizes cultural diversity as one of the roots of development, recognizing it not in, in simply economic terms, but as a means to achieve a more satisfactory intellectual, emotional, moral, and spiritual existence. I'm sure you're all very familiar with the, the normative instruments that UNESCO has developed in, in, in parallel to accompany this theoretical framework. It's made up of six major conventions, two protocols, one declaration, the one on cultural diversity that I just mentioned now, and several recommendations, and aims to allow for better pro protection of heritage and cultural expressions in all forms, from cultural and natural heritage, underwater cultural heritage, intangible heritage, and the cultural industries. I won't list them all. I think you, you all know them very well. Through these conventions and, and the related operational programs, UNESCO is seeking to develop country, uh, cultural institutions at the country level and to establish networks of pro professionals and elaborate norms and standards in all fields. 
Ultimately, they serve our larger objective of promoting cultural diversity and placing culture at the service of development. They foresee a whole range of state obligations and cooperation mechanisms that allow countries to ad address development challenges through concrete policies, strategies and activities. And like all UNESCO programmes, they provide a unique platform for international cooperation, technical and financial assistance, as well as fostering dialogue, mutual respect, appreciation and understanding. So building on these long standing efforts, UNESCO has made considerable progress under the leadership of, of DG Bokova uh, in its global advocacy for putting culture in the new development agenda. And we were particularly pleased in 2010 when the outcome document of the Millennium Summit um, reaffirmed Member States' collective commitment to achieving the Millennium Development Goals and the, the importance of culture in this process. Uh, the, these messages were further reiterated in two culture and development resolutions of the UN General Assembly in 2010 and 11, which called for the mainstreaming of culture into development policies and strategies and underscored its intrinsic contribution to, culture, to sustainable development. So th this, this was great progress at the institutional level, the international level. But as I said earlier, we, we also work at country level because this is where the proof of the pudding may be seen, if I can use a, a, a popular expression from the UK. Um, so, and, and in this context, a major breakthrough came at the end of 2006 with the establishment of the thematic window on culture and development under the Millennium Development Goal Achievement Fund, generously financed by Spain. This, this window was, was led by UNESCO and, and was the first major country level effort or experiment, I might even say, of, the, of, of its kind. And it, it sought to, to demonstrate the linkages between culture and development through UN action at country level with uh, 18 interagency programs running from around the second half of 2008 until this year. The final few are just closing. And, and these 18 programs, which involved a whole range of UN bodies, covered areas uh, ranging from the cultural industries, cultural tourism, tangible and intangible heritage and social inclusion, to the value of $96 million. This is a huge um, financial investment on the part of Spain. Uh, to, to demonstrate the contribution that culture can make to development and boost progress towards the achievement of the Millennium Development Goals. And although I say it myself on behalf of UNESCO, the results have been very impressive. The projects have reached out to one and a half million direct beneficiaries and some eight and a half million indirect beneficiaries uh, in the broader community, targeting in particular marginalized groups, women, and youth. And if, if any of you are interested, we have um, a whole set of documents, very heavy, so I didn't bring um, lot, lots with me this afternoon, but I can certainly provide them, setting out more detail about the, the projects which run in every part of every area of the world. And so today, with, with this sort of kickstart, we're seeing that many countries are investing in culture as a dynamic sector with concrete social and economic benefits and requesting support from the UN. 
And the, the growing interest of culture at, at the country level is demonstrated by the increase of culture in U United Nations Development Assistance Frameworks, or UNDAFs, as they're known, which are the key UN programming documents developed in collaboration with national authorities um, to, to, to describe um, the work to, to achieve national development objectives. And in, the figures speak for themselves. In 2006, just before the MDG projects started, we saw culture being mentioned only in 30% of UNDAFs. Today, they're mentioned in 70% globally, with higher figures in some regions of the world. And they cover all the thematic areas of the UNDAFs, economic development, governance, sustainability, human rights, and the rule of law. So with this, we, we're quietly confident that we're at a crossroads. At a time when, when the international community is defining a set of new development goals beyond 2015, we're pushing for the explicit inclusion of culture as a fundamental dimension of development. Um, as I say, we're, we're pushing hard to demonstrate uh, culture's uh, positive effect in the four dimensions that have been identified by the UN. These are peace and security, inclusive social development, inclusive economic development, and environmental sustainability. And I'd like to give you, very briefly, just a few examples of how we're trying to do this. Starting with the first dimension, peace and security. I'm sure you'll all agree that culture, because it's a source of identity, facilitates dialogue. Cultural heritage in particular, through the positive values that it enshrines, can be used as a unifying force to bring together all groups of societies, representatives of local communities, traditional and religious leaders, and former adversaries, and thereby facilitate reconciliation and peace building. And I think UNESCO has a very long record of projects that demonstrate the importance of heritage for, for conflict prevention and reconciliation. The, the two photos here show the work that we did in, in, on the Mostar Bridge in Bosnia, or the safeguarding of the Bamyan Valley in Afghanistan, where the, the two Buddha statues were destroyed by the Taliban regime in 2001. And of course, more recently, the decision of the United Nations Security Council to explicitly include the protection of cultural heritage in, its manda of the, in the mandate of the UN mission to Mali demonstrates the crucial importance of culture for Malian identity and its potential for restoring national unity and laying the foundations for reconciliation in the aftermath of last year's events. Um, if we look briefly at the second dimension, inclusive social development, as I said at the outside, we're convinced that development strategies must respond to local demand and needs. They need to be culturally relevant and acceptable to local populations and contexts. If not, they're just not going to work. There's a wealth of evidence to, to demonstrate this. Um, so if we understand culture in this way, it makes development really sustainable, inclusive and equitable. Um, uh, here, I'd like briefly to share an example of one of the MDG projects that was implemented in Ecuador by a number of uh, agencies. And among the, the main successes of this project's, project was its work to strengthen cultural and social rights 
increased political participation, the promotion of equal opportunities, and reduced discrimination against marginalized groups. This was done in, in a number of ways, including the approval of a national anti-racism plan by the president, support for a bill structuring indigenous and uh, ordinary justice systems, submission of proposals for the creation of equality councils and national and local workshops on anti-racism racism and, and racial equality policies. Interestingly, the, the, the work in, in Ecuador also sought to demonstrate the linkages between culture and health and, of course, social development um, through the establishment of an intercultural health, health system in, in one of the provinces uh, in order to raise awareness about uh, culturally appropriate childbirth amongst medical staff. And so medical units were, were equipped so that patients could decide how they wanted to be attended during childbirth, and this led to dramatic increases in neonatal and maternal health. Very simple, culturally appropriate ways of, of, of having babies. <laughs> Looking at the third dimension, on, economic, uh, on inclusive economic development, I think the case no longer needs to be made that culture contributes to di very directly to economic development. Uh, generally speaking, every field of culture, profit or not-for-profit, public or private, based on heritage or, or creativity, is known to produce employment and revenue. And we've long recognized the potential of world heritage sites as powerful incentives to economic growth not only as direct sources of e employment and revenue for communities, but also indirectly as generators of income from sales in crafts and other cultural products. And indeed, cultural and creative in industries are particularly dynamic. They represent one of the most rapidly expanding sectors in the global economy, with an average growth rate of 13.9% in Africa, 11.9% in South America, 17.6% in the Middle East, 9.7% in Asia, 6.9% in Oceania, and 4.3% in North and Central America, exceeding the rate of growth in the service industries and manufacturing. And cultural industries account for more than 3.4% of global uh, gross domestic product. But in the developing world, infrastructure investments to, uh, to enhance and support cultural industries are in short supply. There's high demand for legal, financial, and technical expertise to ensure adaptation of traditional cultural goods to modern market requirements. And, and one of the ways that UNESCO seeks to support this, of course, is through the 2005 Convention on the Protection and Promotion of the Diversity of Cultural Expressions. Um, Support, looking at the fourth dimension on environmental sustainability, it's clear that supporting traditional systems of, of environmental protection through tools such as the World Heritage Convention or the 2003 Convention on Intangible Heritage can contribute to enhancing environmental sustainability and preserving biodiversity. It can also help prevent competition and conflict over access to natural and cultural resources and, and traditional disaster risk management strategies that fully respect and build on community particip participation and knowledge have proven their worth. Beyond these four dimensions, I'd like to include a fifth dimension by highlighting the role of culture as a powerful tool to empower women and promote gender equality. I think we all agree that equal opportunities for women and men to benefit 
to create, benefit from, and take part in cultural life is a human right. And it's a proven effective means of strengthening and enriching culture, creativity, and cultural diversity. We're talking here about reducing the gaps between male and female cultural professionals, empowering women to transform their creative ideas into creative enterprise, and increasing leadership pathways for both women and men to contribute to heritage protection and policy making, ensuring that everyone can equally enjoy freedom of artistic expression. We're currently trying to raise funds for a comprehensive report featuring the latest research, data, and case studies uh, in this, this area. It would be a first for UNESCO, uh, and I'd be very happy to provide more information if that would be helpful. In, in this next and final, I'm, I'm coming to an end, I promise you, uh, section, I'd like to describe a series of high-level events and publications that UNESCO is spearheading this year to rally more political support. Let me start with uh, the Congress that UNESCO hosted last month in Hangzhou, the International Congress on Culture as a Key for Sustainable Development. The final Hangzhou Declaration, of which copies are available in this room in all six languages of the organization, was adopted by the Congress's 450 participants, including my chair, Mr. Jean-Michel Jarre, as well as Michael Jean, Professor Nasser David Halili, Maestro Taidan, who all called for a new approach to development. The declaration urges governments, civil society, and the private sector to make full use of the potential of culture to address development challenges, and calls for a specific objective on culture to be integrated into the 2015 framework. The messages from Hangzhou were cemented on the 12th of June during a thematic debate on culture and development convened by the President of the UN General Assembly. This debate was conceived as a platform for exchanges to inform the post-2015 discussions. And we were honored to have the presence of the UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon, along with the uh, UNDP Administrator Helen Clark, the President of the General Assembly, and some 15 ministers and other decision makers for, from many countries, sharing their statistics, policy examples, and programming experience to prove that culture really does work for development. Next week, some of us will be going to Geneva for, the, for the, this year's segment, uh, annual ministerial forum meeting, excuse me, of the Economic and Social Council, which is going to discuss science, technology, and innovation, and the potential of culture for promoting sustainable development and achieving the Millennium Development Goals. It's rather a long title for a, a theme, but our message is very clearly expressed in the draft ministerial declaration that should be adopted on Thursday week. And I'll, I'll like, if I, I may, to quote uh, this here. Ministers are expected to declare that we recognize that culture is an essential component of sustainable development, represents a source of identity, innovation and creativity for the individual and the community, and is an important factor in building social inclusion and eradicating poverty, providing for economic growth and ownership of development processes. We therefore commit to pursuing a more visible and effective integration and mainstreaming of culture into social, environmental, and economic development policies and strategies at all levels. Finally, but by no means least, 
In September, UNESCO and UNDP will publish the third edition of the Creative Economy Report. This landmark publication will examine the impact in development terms of the creative industries at the local level. It's intended to further build the case for the significance of the creative economy in development. And of particular interest are the conclusions that have emerged on how creative economy at the local level leads to non-marketable benefits, as well as driving sustainable human development, inclusiveness and cultural citizenship. So it's our hope that this report and the global initiatives I've, I've mentioned will have a big impact in the discussions at the UN General Assembly in September when the, the framework takes shape and when we hope a third resolution on cultural, uh, culture and development will be uh, adopted to further reinforce the case for unleashing the transformative power of culture. To implement this ambitious agenda, the voice in each and every one of us counts. As UNESCO Goodwill Ambassadors appointed to promote the visibility and leadership role of UNESCO, you can add your voice to those of other advocates of culture for development during your public appearances, performances and encounters and, and philanthropic initiatives on behalf of the organisation. And we're very willing um, to, to discuss with any of you any of these initiatives in uh, greater detail. In closing, I'd like to thank you for your patience and to share and give the last word to the Director General herself through a, a short clip. And you'll see that she says in about 98 seconds what I've taken 25 minutes to say. Thank you very much for your attention. is who we are. Culture shapes our identity. UNESCO discussions between us, I would like to share some thoughts, uh, personal thoughts, uh, as a musician and as a member of the community of Goodwill Ambassadors, and also because I've been in Hangzhou with uh, uh, all the UNESCO team and, and uh, Irina Bokova. Uh, I think that uh, actually uh, as creators, we, it's time now to send a clear message to the world. Uh, it's uh, also our responsibility, uh, first, first of all, stopping complaining that we can't deal anymore with uh, new technology, with the internet. The fact that uh, uh, we have um, uh, uh, we are now facing a world where modernity uh, and progress and uh, trends and what, what's cool are uh, people who are manufacturing mobile phones and cables. Uh, we are the ones shaking societies, questioning uh, the uh, uh, systems forever, and we should really 